Ah, welcome to the Up Sports Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Alford, coming to you today from Studio B with a special guest interview for not just one, but two back-to-back episodes. Taylor Brooks, SWX reporter, came all the way out to record in studio, and we split it into two for your guys' listening pleasure. The first episode, the one you're listening to right now, we sat down and talked with Taylor about her journey and her career to this point, coming from Iowa, going to Grand Forks, now in Spokane, and then what it's been like for her to be a female reporter in a male-dominant industry, and where is that industry going, and how does she see her future fitting into that? Fascinating interview, really great insight. She's really well-spoken, made me laugh a ton. Every time I dished something out at her, she dished it right back to me. It was a great time with her. Now, she stuck around. She was so kind to stick around for another episode. So the one right after this, we profiled and went through every 4A GSL football team. We did our best to get Taylor to rank those teams. She gave us great thoughts and analysis and allowed me to make some bold and hot takes on each of those teams. So really enjoy these two interviews. They were a lot of fun for me. I hope they're enjoyable for you guys to listen to. And one quick side note, if you see Taylor around now after listening to these episodes, go up and say hi. Very approachable, very welcoming, great Midwest girl. And hopefully after listening to this, you have a story or two to hopefully strike up a conversation with her. So without further ado, I give you Taylor Brooks. PSP is becoming more legitimate with every guest we have on the show. The individual sitting across from me today is an Iowa Hawkeye, believe it or not. She spent some time in beautiful Grand Forks, North Dakota, before moving to Spokane and joining the SWX crew as a reporter and anchor. I am jacked to have the one and only Taylor Brooks in studio. How are you doing, Taylor? That was quite the intro. Yes. I'm impressed. Thank you. I'm doing, I, I'm doing I, so great. Thank I'm attempting you. to do my research on my end, see what I can do. <laughs> thank you, though. Seriously, thank you so much for having me on. Yes, and believe it or not, she came to Studio B, uh, made the trip up to Canada, all the way up north, and so we're even more pleased in that regard. So thank you for that, too. It was a trek. I've never <laughs> really been in these parts of Canada slash Spokane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get down to it. Why University of Iowa? Let's hear the story. All right. So my story is a little different, actually, about how I ended up at Iowa. It's not one you would expect from just me flaunting that I'm a Hawkeye. So when I was growing up, I finally realized that I wanted to be a sports journalist and I wanted to go to the Big Ten. Big Ten was just, you know, I'm from Illinois. I wasn't an Illinois fan, really, which everyone's very confused at. Um Sorry, Alina. No, thank you. <laughs> but uh, so I started my search in the Big Ten, and then I fell in love with Michigan State. I wanted to go. I wanted to be a Spartan. It, you know, it was just that's just how it was for me. And Tom Izzo, I have always looked up to him as a coach and as a person. And so I remember my first college visit there. Uh, for some reason, my senior year of high school, I decided to be a cheerleader. Let's just add that on to everything else. I was I played volleyball, basketball, track. I tumbled, and then I wanted to just be involved in one more thing, apparently, at my small town high school. And so I was a cheerleader my senior year, and it was a Friday night game, of course. I got done cheering, and we we drove to Michigan State that night, which is, you know, it to East Lansing. And I just fell in love with the program and the journalism program and who they were. And I was just so excited uh, when I got my letter, my acceptance letter, I cried. My family took pictures of me. Those pictures are out there, everyone, of <laughs> bleach blonde Taylor, which I'm pretty blonde now, but my, my bleach blonde Taylor um, braces just got home from one of my basketball games. It was a day game and a Saturday my mom told me that she sat in the post office on the ground 
and held the letter up to the light to see if I got accepted. And of course, they tell you if it's a if it's a large letter, usually you're accepted. If yeah. it's a tiny letter, yeah. it's probably getting declined. <laughs> so uh, they they knew obviously I was accepted. So they made it this huge thing. I got home, saw the letter, the envelope on my counter, and I just freaked out. And they took pictures. I cried. It was great. So going to MSU, have a roommate, so excited. Shout out to Serene. I'm so sorry I let you down. Um, (laughs) Got a roommate two weeks before my orientation at Michigan State. Some things happened at home. It's about about a seven-hour drive, uh, which is not horrible by any means. But some things happened at home, and I just had this – I'm a gut-feeling girl. Yeah. This weird gut feeling about MSU. Spidey sense. And leaving. And so I decided to go to St. Ambrose University. And I told myself forever that was plan Z. That's how much I didn't want to be a fighting bee for the bees. (laughs) But keep in mind, Chris Hassel went there, everyone, which he was with ESPN. I was telling about him earlier. He's one of my mentors. Um, oh, name drop. Yeah. He uh, he went to St. Ambrose. He is kind of an Iowa guy, but yeah, he went to Ambrose. So I went to Ambrose my first year, my freshman year, and I just wanted something more. But of course, everyone was telling me, oh, Chris Hassel went here. He made it. You can make it. I go, yeah, but <laughs> I'm not Chris Hassel. I'm Taylor Brooks, and I would like to make my own path. So... Still had the Big Ten in my mind. I visited Nebraska. I visited Iowa. Uh, decided with Iowa because of their journalism program. MSU was in the far distance at this point. <laughs> of course, I mean that was seventeen-year-old's Taylor Taylor dream. But when yeah. I turned when nineteen-year-old Taylor, yeah. a little bit more mature, maybe it would be nice to be closer to home. Even though I wanted to get out, so I ended up at Iowa. Journalism program, amazing. They had the Daily Iowan, which was a independently owned newspaper and television station. And that's what sold me. I was like, this is where I'm going to get my opportunities. This is where I'm going to learn. This is where I'm going to really create a basis for the career I was about to endure. So that's how I ended up at Iowa. And so I was there for two and a half years because I graduated a semester early. And so I graduated in December of 2016. All right. From Iowa. Yeah. Now, if I were to put you on the spot and say, how many of those high school cheers do you remember? Could you <laughs> could you rattle off a few? Oh, my goodness. I, I really couldn't rattle them off right now. My best friend Molly probably could. But... Hey, 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 burrito? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, burrito must be a GSL <laughs> Idaho, Northern Idaho thing because I have never heard that in my life. But there will be some cheers when I'm out there that I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> remember that one time i was a cheerleader <laughs> um but the hey burrito i i am not sure about that one it just yeah. makes me hungry <laughs> I, I never understood it <laughs> myself glad we're on the same page with that yeah uh now i find it interesting you decided to go to iowa mm-hmm. who i would probably classify as the honeydew of the fruit salad of the big 10 Let's be real now. Are you trying to be Colin Coward and calling us the fake ID of college football? Because uh, he did call us that my junior year when we went undefeated and went to the Rose Bowl and got smacked by Sanford. Yeah, that leads me right into my next (laughs) point right there. Yeah. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, so they go 8-0. They go to the Big Ten Championship. You lose by three. By the way. You lose by three. And then you go to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. And then you get smacked with Stanford. How ironic is it, though, that they <laughs> lost in the Big Ten Championship to Michigan State? Yeah. It was really weird for me. Because I could have easily been on the other side of that. I could have easily been a reporter at MSU instead of a reporter at Iowa. So I was lucky enough. At that point, I was the sports director for the Daily Iowan for the TV side of it. And so I covered football. That was my main beat. So I went to the Big Ten Championship. I covered them there. College game day was there. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. Uh, and in Indianapolis, of course. And so 20-year-old Taylor at that point was like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is amazing. But what, 16-play drive, I'm pretty sure, is how MSU scored and we lost by three points. 
I believe the quarterback of the Iowa Hawkeyes that year was C.J. Bathard or C.J. Bathard, as I think he goes by. Third. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some other notable names on that team, though, that I had no idea. Uh, George Kittle. Yes. I had no idea 49ers. that he was the, the tight end. Insane. Yeah. His story is insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just feel like Iowa is becoming. They like to call it tight end U at this point, but that you know that really really wasn't a term when I was a sophomore ish okay. there. But then when George, I mean. George is a different breed yeah. of person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, he thrives in the Kyle Shanahan system, and San yeah. Francisco is kind of nice. Yeah, he uh, he is an interesting cat. He's a great, great guy. Really? He was always very, very kind to me. Very, you know, of course, we're always around. Um, we are always around them, especially in my in my time there with with uh, Kittle. But yeah, there's actually uh, I think where were we? I think we're at Purdue. My senior year, I have my camera shooting highlights, of course, and mm-hmm. we're, I, I mean, probably on the goal line. And George Kittle is reaching across the goal line, of course, like laid out with the ball. Someone's across the field taking a picture of it, and I'm in the picture with my little camera, and he's just sprawled out, ball across the goal line, touchdown, Hawks. Um, and that night I saw him and he goes, Taylor, did you see that, that sick picture of me and in that sick picture of you? I'm like, I saw it, George It's super, super cool. So it's been really cool to see his journey and how he was a, you know, just a stud last year with the 49ers and yeah. obviously hopefully continues that this year. And then ironically, CJ Beathard's on that team as well. Mm-hmm yeah you know so it's and, it's cool yeah and then one more desmond king i had no idea yes desmond king was also on that yeah. iowa team i have not heard his name in a in a little bit yeah but um, i know he's playing in the nfl uh yeah, yeah. i think he's still with the i, I thought it was the texans say, is he with the texans i don't now? know if it was that or not yeah i think that it, it's something like that yeah um but uh how many of the stanford players can you recall that i gave that beating to the hawkeyes it doesn't matter if I can name them all. The only one that matters is Christian McCaffrey. He was on that team. Yes, he oh, was. Oh, yeah. He, I think, had four touchdowns. <laughs> the very first touchdown of the game. I remember sitting in the press box because we couldn't film the game because of rights because it was a, a New yeah. Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, us. Rose Bowl. Um, so we couldn't um, shoot the game. So I had to be in the press box, which I should not allow. I shouldn't be allowed in press boxes. I'm way too loud. I got shushed a few times. Uh, it was not good. But yeah, I I remember McCaffrey's first thousand touchdowns, and I got so many text messages from my friends and family, and they're like, "Oh my goodness!" And at this point, you know, at this point, you kind of disconnect yourself from being a fan. That's what comes with being a sports broadcaster. Yeah, of course you you have your teams. I'm more I'm more of an Iowa fan now than I was in school there. Which is crazy because you have to disconnect yourself, yeah. and they teach you. Even though you're at the Daily Iowan and you're you're doing all this, you have to be. You can't be biased. Yeah, you got to be objective. Exactly, and so I had thoroughly disconnected myself from the team, and so I was I was like, I don't care. I'm in Pasadena, California. I'm 20 years old, and I'm covering a Rose Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't care if I was getting smacked. Yeah. I'm having the time of my life. I'm getting experiences like no other. And it's funny, Maria Taylor was the sideline reporter for that game, and I had never heard of her, never seen her in my life. She pulls up on this golf cart in this killer outfit, and I'm just like, that's gotta be the sideline reporter, right? And now look where she is now. She is the college game day gal. She has made her way, and it's just it's so cool to reflect on that and see. Of course, the Rose Bowl, like, first of all, if you're sidelining a Rose Bowl game, yeah. that's that's pretty dope as well. But mm-hmm. to see where she has gone is really cool. <laughs> pretty dope. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> to, you know, say the least. <laughs> to say the least. But, yeah, so great time. Yeah. Great time in Pasadena. Only um, time I've ever been to California. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a shame. It's, uh, some call it God's country, so it's, it's too bad. I wonder why you're saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Kirk Ferentz. Kirk Ferentz. Ferentz. Tells you how much Iowa football I watch. I got your back. Don't <laughs> worry. 
He's been there like 20 years, though. And mm. I don't think... Longest there, tenured. <laughs> I don't think that there's a college football coach in the nation that has been to the Outback Bowl more than that guy. I know. <laughs> yeah. Don't you you want to think, like, how much Outback apparel does that guy probably have? <laughs> a problem, too much. Yeah. Too much. It's his... <laughs> You know, at least it's not the Tax Slayer Bowl, okay? They went there my sophomore year. Yes. No, that uh, <laughs> it is definitely thankful there are some bowl games out there that they really just need to just go with the, I don't know, any other name and stop with the sponsorships. But There are so many insane bowl game names. <laughs> the Doritos Chip Bowl. Yeah. The yeah. Fritos Lays something <laughs> something. I, mean, I don't even think that's one. <laughs> now, uh... I will give this, as far as credit goes, yeah. to Iowa. I think I'm probably the only one outside of Iowa City that grew up a Drew Tate fan. Oh, for some reason that guy maybe that it was, warms my heart. Maybe maybe it was the visor. Maybe it was, he was number four. Well, he was number four, right? I think he was. Yeah, I think and so. I, I I don't know. I just thought Drew Tate was going to be this awesome guy, and then he did a drive-by with the Rams in the NFL. And then went CFL route. <laughs> Had a good hate, career. Don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> you know. Well, for all oh, well. you for all you Drew Tate fans out there, um, the guy now coaches the BC Lions. So if you're really interested in Mr. Tate, he's coaching. He's the wow. quarterback coach. And uh, yeah, living it up in the CFL still. Good for him. <laughs> good for you, Drew Tate. <laughs> That's funny though. His number wait, is number four your favorite number or something? Well, I grew up a Packer fan, so Brett Favre was obviously an early favorite. Wow, that's we're gonna have problems. <laughs> I'm a Bears fan. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That week one loss has got a sting. My goodness. <laughs> Thank God they didn't lose to the Broncos. <laughs> I could not believe the end of that game. I thought The Broncos Bears game? Yeah, I thought that Joe Faco was going to get it done for once. I really did. I really did. I believed, unfortunately. Oh, but the I Bears don't. have found a kicker for all those out there Let's in Chicago. Let's knock on wood in that situation, <laughs> literally, because we can't, we can't jump the gun on that. Come on. Us Bears fans are still just a little sensitive about all of that. So just because, one, just because this guy Double hits doink. a 52-yard field goal to beat the Broncos – with one second to go on the clock doesn't mean he's our kicker yet. Doink, doink, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so moving back to your career, you went from Iowa City once you graduated. Yeah. We'll, we'll give the Hawkeye bit a rest. <laughs> and uh, we'll move on to beautiful Grand Forks where you landed your first gig. Yes. You got to tell me about that. What was the winners? What was just the overall environment of Grand Forks? Grand Forks is an interesting place and you don't appreciate it unless you live there. People who are just, just here about Grand Forks and this and that, they're like, there is nothing there. They are right. There is nothing there. But what there, it, what is there is great people, fabulous coaches, communities, players. It Honestly, it was a very ideal first market for me. It wasn't too big of a city change necessarily. Grand Forks is a very nice city. Um, it's got Culver's. It's got Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and those are two restaurants that Spokane don't have. Can't can't get enough of those cheese curds at Culver's, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, it makes me so sad. Um, so that's one thing Grand Forks has on Spokane. <laughs> so this Chick-fil-A thing, you keep teasing me out there, people. I think it's real though. I just saw something f we could plug KXLY. I think they reported something to say it, it may be back on. So fingers we, crossed. We we reported it too. KHQ did. Nope. Sorry. About I saw a it on <laughs> building permit. Yes. Was yes. See, we report on that stuff too. Yeah. No, well I wait, are you guys the one that do the uh nightly like rundown you kind of like it's like a morning brew where you do like four stories about like your snapshot for your daily i don't know i think it's at night at night we do i mean i'm talking about this is email i think this email. is why it's, it's uh kxy sorry your competitor wow. anyway anyway back to grand forks um no i i had a great time there it was it was really High school sports obviously are so special there. Mm -hmm. And because, I mean, they have the University of North Dakota, 
which is a division one program. Fabulous as well. I'll get to them in a second. But high school sports, I just, I've never had an experience like that there. Just the closeness and everyone just welcoming you. And of course, everyone welcomes you here, but there are 10 million other high schools here in Grand Forks. So you got to keep in mind, it was Central, Red River, East Grand Forks, and Sacred Heart. Those were all within like 10 miles of each other. Oh, wow. Otherwise, you got to travel like an hour to go to these places. Okay. And um, so it was a lot of time on the road. A lot of time on the road, people. But um, no, I had I had such a great time there. And it is so flat, though. My goodness. <laughs> you, you literally can see 20, 20 miles in front of you. Wow. It's a little creepy because there's no trees. There's really no <laughs> trees at all. Um, but switching to the University of North Dakota, North Dakota was also really, really awesome because they have a hockey program that is one of the top in the nation. Shout out to Brad Berry. He's the head coach there. He's incredible. Uh, their facilities are top-notch, insane. I've only been to one NHL arena, and that was uh, the Minnesota Wild for the NCHC playoffs, which are frozen face-off um, for North Dakota. But I'm not kidding. It Like, North Dakota's facilities might be better. People have said are better than the Wilds. Wow. And it just the locker rooms and the opportunities, it's, it's crazy. Um, but I also covered – so I covered hockey a lot there, and then I also covered the football team there as well. And so – it was it was just so much fun everyone's yeah. so everyone's so nice everyone's like minnesota nice and we covered a lot i mean minnesota was right it's right on the border grand forks is on the border okay. of minnesota so east grand forks and sacred heart are technically in minnesota which is east grand forks oh, and so okay. we we covered minnesota high school sports and north dakota high school sports um and so but yeah going back to north dakota football they're actually coming here next week to eastern washington and I'm very excited because I get to sideline that game. And so it's kind of this weird, my wor my worlds are colliding in a way. Worlds and are colliding. They, they are. It's weird how things come full circle like that. Like I covered North Dakota for a year and a half. I still know a lot about their football team. I've been covering Eastern Washington now for a little bit over a year, a lot more this year. And now I get to report on – both sides of it and even more fun the game is airing in north dakota so it'll be cool to for people to see where i have gone since then yeah and so great opportunities in grand forks thinking about culver's makes me really hungry my stomach's actually growling over here um <laughs> so hopefully the mic's not picking that up um but great first market i was just i was ready to to move on and here I yeah. am. <laughs> yeah. What a what's some hockey talk? What's some hockey lingo you, oh, that goodness. you pulled from that time? None that anything? are appropriate. <laughs> I think I've learned a more inappropriate just banter back and forth because you got to keep in mind when for the Spokane Chiefs, yeah. I get to be between the benches sometimes and do rinkside reporting for our okay. broadcasts. Those boys. <laughs> they say some things I've never heard and I'm 24 years old. <laughs> um I, I don't know. It's more just like the accents that. Oh, I, I love that. I, I think know. I, when I lived in Arizona, the, the one of the fortunate things I had was I lived in a, a pretty good melting pot. And a lot of uh, people from the Midwest would transplant and live in Arizona. Yeah. And so a lot of people from Minnesota and the accents, love the accents, love, you know, whatever they refer to as bars. But I just know that that's. <laughs> It's something that's Minnesota speak. Yeah. Some baked good that is bars that must be pretty good. But uh, yeah, it, it that was pretty enjoyable. And some and you said it. Some of the nicest people I've ever met. Right. It's, in, is it's insane. Minnesota as well as Midwest in general. I don't know what it is about it. We're pretty and it's nice. Not, this is not because you're sitting across from me. <laughs> don't even try. And really go. trying to butter me up over here. <laughs> but yes, no, I've I've been. Uh, in contact with some people from the Midwest that have been very friendly. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just keep the fact that I'm a Packer fan and, you know, out of, out of sight. So that way it's not something that could taint the relationship. 
But that, would, that would probably <laughs> be something you'd just keep in your back pocket and you never bring out. Yeah. But my sister's a Packers fan though, so and my whole good my for her. step family. Good they're for all her. they're all Packer fans. I'm so I'm, th- I'm thrilled to hear that. Two and on the season. Uh you know, you get two divisional wins to start the season. <sighs> Matt LaFleur, new coach, doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers discount double check still there. Is there any is there any way we can move on? Um I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes. Uh when you have now, or I should say, you now are in Spokane. Mm-hmm. I think people are pretty friendly. You could probably attest yeah. to that too. Yeah, everyone's um, great. And so I think that it's probably been a relative smooth transition, hopefully for you. Yeah. Uh, out this way, um, but as far as sports reporting goes, yeah. What sports do you like to cover the most out here? Hmm. That's a tough question. Um. Of course. All of them, <laughs> but but I will say I will say this before I say my answer. Do you have any strengths or weaknesses? Well, I've, uh, my weaknesses are my strengths. Right? <laughs> Isn't that what you tell it when you're in a job interview? <laughs> I cover all the sports. I love them. Um, no, I I. It's it's a different. Obviously, it's different from where I was before. Mm-hmm. You know, I I mentioned that there's really only four high schools around our yeah. area. Then you had to go far far away which we did do that a lot but here there's high schools everywhere you're covering so many things you've got incredible college teams around you and then you dabble in the seahawks and the mariners who we probably shouldn't even be talking about anymore (laughs) um they've done well in their last i think they've won six of their last eight yeah it's been an uphill battle for uh their entire franchise yeah anyways so it's it's hard to just choose one sport that I really enjoy covering. But, you know, we met at a Gonzaga prep football practice. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy going around to different practices and doing little previews like I did at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, I think I love football, but I've I gotta say true to my basketball roots and I've always loved college basketball my favorite time of the year is march madness i don't have a favorite season mm-hmm. my favorite season like kind of a different season it's just a little season is march madness i just i love that and so yeah. when i you know you realize that gonzaga is here it wasn't necessarily like a huge push for me i just i love the opportunity that swx and khq was offering me but then you find out and you are like oh my goodness gonzaga is there mm-hmm. it's just a cherry on top of it yeah of course, I love covering those games, but I've said this all along. I'm a very much a high school person because I love the purity that sports still brings in high school. Yeah. It's it's still kids are vulnerable and they're they're playing because they want to win, but also because they want to be around their friends and they mm-hmm. want to have a good time. And high school is where you're building up to who you're really going to be in real life. And it's just gives you so many life lessons to take outside of the field and the court and all of that. And so I just think that high school sports are so important. And so that's where my heart just leads me. Like I just, I love high school sports. I love going around to practices and getting to know teams. And I wish I could go to all of them. Unfortunately, my time, my, my time doesn't, I can't always do that. Yeah. But when we met at Gonzaga preps practice it was you know a couple weeks before the season and I got to talk to coach McKenna and I got to talk to the guys and I'm like you saw me in my happiest form that day (laughs) and I yapped your ear off for like a half hour but um going to different high school practices and covering high school sports in general is so fun but football season of course is just yeah it's it's so great but then I could also be like oh well what about volleyball? Because last year I got to call a high school volleyball game. I'm also uh, do play-by-play for Spokane Falls Community College. Uh, so I do all their games as well. And so I could obviously say that because being behind the play-by-play bank is so much fun for me. It's, yeah. it's a different, you know, a lot of people see me on the sidelines, either shooting or being an actual sideline reporter with a microphone in my hand. But not a lot of people get to see me behind the play-by-play mic. And so when I get to do that for volleyball, 
I love it. It's yeah. so much fun. So I could go a lot of different ways with that question. Yeah. Obviously. Now, <laughs> uh, we just uh, had an interview that posted this week uh, with Audie Gilden. Mm -hmm. That name ring a bell to you? She played for Oregon. Four-year yes. starter. Yeah. Most career wins for any player in women's basketball or Oregon women's basketball history. Pretty cool. Over 100 for her. Did she go uh, to Jeep? Did she go to G Prep? She went to Prep. Oh, yep. Okay. Yep. Back-to-back <clears throat> -back state title winner. Yeah. And then went on to Oregon, went to the Final Four her senior year. Yep. Uh, lost to Baylor. Yep. But now, exciting stuff. She's going overseas to play at Portugal. Good for her. So, yeah, no, not not easy to make that jump after college to be able to play after that. So No. It, it's funny that, of course, you're like, oh, you're a sports reporter here. You should probably know this, that she's going overseas. But that is how many things are going on in this area. I don't think people realize how many things in the sports world that are going on in this area. There's so mm -hmm. many kids. There's so many players going places. And there's so many teams. Like, I'm sweating yeah. over here. Well, that's that's one of the things that I think is a big reason why people come and land and stay in Spokane once yeah. they do move. I mean, they do get a fair amount of transplants that move to Spokane. I mean, mm -hmm. if you break down the two sides, I always love this analogy that I learned in high school uh, when we were reading The Great Gatsby, you know, East and West Egg. Mm -hmm. um, here, North and South Spok uh, Spokane. Yeah. South Hill is more of the old money, people that have been around in Spokane forever, and Northsiders are people that moved from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so I think that to be so awesome because it continues to feed Spokane right. for exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think, especially when people move away, yeah, they'll come back. And people say that all the time. I even yeah. fell victim to that. I always thought, no, I won't come back. It won't come back. Yeah. Six years later, it's coming back and it's like, I never realized what the community and what Spokane was right. until I didn't have it anymore. Right. So I think you're hitting on a lot of that, especially with athletics. Mm -hmm. There is a lot here mm -hmm. that you could actually be busy with year-round. You're very fortunate with everything that they have yeah. going here. Uh, so I think that that's an excellent point and you know, makes your life nice and busy. It's perfect. Yeah, seriously. And going back to you know, leaving and coming back. I last year I spent time with the Holes, Lexi and Lacey. Okay. They're at Stanford now. They played basketball at Central Valley. They're studs there. Now they both play basketball at Stanford. Okay. Um, they were coming back to play Gonzaga last year. All right. And so I did a story with their parents. And so I went to their their house, their childhood house, and spent like three and a half hours with their parents. And we had a blast uh it was so much fun but they mentioned you know lexi and lacy had the chance to go to gonzaga um coach fortier wanted she recruited them very heavily of course you have these two stud twins why wouldn't you and so but they decided to go to stanford because they yeah. wanted to get out of spokane for a little while they wanted to experience getting out of here and i respect them so much for that of course it would have been amazing to see them as zags but for them to be mature enough especially in that day and age and how young they are to make that decision to go to stanford to create their own life there get amazing degrees obviously but her, their parents were like explaining all this to me, of course. And but they did mention, you know, I, I really do believe they want to come back here eventually and create a life here because, of course, we're here and they grew up here. But they wanted that time to themselves to really create and find out who they are outside of Spokane. And so I think that's just a, that's just adding on to all the points that you said about what Spokane has to offer. And it's it's a great place, obviously, to settle mm -hmm. down and and be. Yeah, no, people get, I think, uh, caught up in it being a prison early on. But when you realize that you have the ability in your life to leave a legacy mm -hmm. and Spokane could allot you to do that, whether it be athletically, whether it be professionally, whether it just be, you know, your family name. Right. I think that that goes a long way. And I think people take that for granted a lot. Now, you know, you touched on the fact that you had the ability to um, sit down with, and you do, obviously, female athletes. Yeah. And that's got to feel right at home with you, you being your, yourself a female athlete when you were in high school. Mm -hmm. um, but in a world that is such 
male dominant. Yeah. For you as a female reporter, I can't even imagine that. Like, what is that like to where, you know, it, is it the daily basis where you feel like, oh, man, I got to keep pace with other people in the industry because I am a woman? Or right. is it is it just something that you roll with and you just approach every day the same way? I like how you just said that last part with rolling with it and approaching it just like every day. Um, I am more of a just roll with it kind of gal. Of course, other female reporters are going to be different than me. We all are not the same, especially when it comes to this topic. I think that for me personally, I I just I don't think a lot about it. And maybe that's just me being you know, naive, not necessarily naive, but I'm more stubborn to it, I feel like. So I just kind of let it, let it be. I just, I don't try to think about it that much because you can't get inside your head when it comes to this business. You got to just go for it. And so I personally don't think about it a lot. Yeah, there are certain situations where it comes to my mind. I'm like, for example, um, we had our old SWX producer, Bradley, Bradley Bradley uh he left the job like uh, I'd say six months ago we had a going away dinner for him and we go to Red Robin and it's in those moments where I realize that you want clucks and fries <laughs> <laughs> yes we need to quit talking about food um I'm serious I'm gonna eat that candle um <laughs> It's in those moments where I sit down with my crew, with my team, my SWX team, and there are six guys around me, and I am just little Taylor by myself. <laughs> um, the only girl in that group. Yeah. It doesn't bug me, though. I, it, it is what it is. Um, but now, we do have a female in the SWX department. Okay. Uh, her name is Marissa. She is our digital content social media coordinator. Okay. Uh, so we've had her for about four months now and honestly it's been really nice for me I think that I'm, I'm very close with everyone in our sports department we're always talking we're talking about sports we're talking about real life we're talking about food you know we're talking about everything but honestly it's you just obviously I'm going to relate a little bit more to a girl yeah and so Marissa and I have gotten very close because we can relate to each other and we can talk about these kind of things without, you know, feeling judged or feeling like we can't talk about them. So having her in the sports department is so amazing. And I think it, it just, obviously, I like having that there. It helps me a little bit. But before that, it's just not something I think about. And it's not something I try to make a point. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Okay. I don't want to make it a point. Okay. I don't care. Okay. I really don't. But there are pressures that come with it. Yeah. You have to – I think the biggest thing is credibility because you always hear people just being like, oh, that silent reporter doesn't know what she's talking about. She's just They just hired her because she's a pretty face. Um, unfortunately, there probably are people out there like that that are in that position because they're beautiful. Great. But there are also so many people, women out there, who are credible – sideline reporters who know what they are talking about and i think that's the biggest thing is like there's a little bit of added pressure about you really got to know what you're talking about because people probably don't i mean i didn't play football obviously mm -hmm. not obviously girls play football yeah and so it's just kind of like you gotta really really know your stuff but otherwise i am not the kind of person to make it a point i yeah. do not care if you are black blue anything like i i don't care if you're a male i don't care if you're transgender i don't care yeah what you specify as we are both sports broadcasters mm -hmm. we are both in this industry and that is that yeah is there any benefit though i mean because i can look at why predominantly in sports you go down to the field to the floor and who is the sideline reporter but a female sideline reporter. Mm -hmm. Is that a benefit? Do you think that 
put a man in that position, do you think he can get questions out of a coach or a player the same way that a female does? Or do you think it's the same way, you know, you just have those, not rose-colored glasses on, but just, hey, it's it's no different. doesn't matter if it were me or somebody else. We'd both get the same questions out of whoever we're interviewing. Unfortunately, that's not the world that we live in. It would be so nice that it would be so nice to have that rose colored glasses and and (laughs) think that way. But unfortunately, we live in a very, very cruel world, unfortunately. Um, So, no, I don't it. That's an interesting question, because I feel like I've seen certain situations and I've seen coaches act certain way towards women and towards men um and it's different unfortunately Mm -hmm. but luckily i have never been a part of a situation like that i've never been disrespected by a a male coach or i've never been questioned by one i think that everyone has been very you know from kirk ferentz when i was in college Mm -hmm. or when i was in college to i like that the nice pronunciation there it was good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I gotta get young saying it right um but no all the way from from Kirk Ferentz to now with Mark Few I've never been questioned thankfully I've never been put in an awkward position where I'm like this coach has not given me everything because mm-hmm. I'm a female and yeah. I've been very very lucky in that sense but I know that there are females out there who unfortunately have gotten snubbed and have gotten questioned and have gotten ridiculed because coaches act different ways with them but I don't know it's it's a very interesting topic that I could sit here and go through for we got all night no worries (laughs) 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 just kidding no so I mean you touched on it you said that you haven't had bad run-ins uh but what I want to know is are there any specific situations in which have been obvious challenges for you? I mean, where maybe you wanted your career to accelerate more than it has. I know it's just started out. It's not like you've been in the business such a long time. But have there been times where you just feel that you have to scale it back and just, you know, let things unfold by themselves because you don't have all the control? Um, not necessarily. I... I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. Um, But at the same time, like when I was in college, I I got like play-by-play opportunities and things like that because people like did think I was good at my job, obviously. So I I did call Iowa. I was the color commentator for Iowa football's spring game my junior year. And that is a situation I never thought I would be in at 21 years old. Obviously, being a female, yeah, doing color mm-hmm. for a football game, yeah. So that was. People talk about milestones. That's a very that's a milestone for me. And so, that situation. I mean, I was scared. I was so scared. I didn't. I had no idea what to expect. Obviously, I had prepared probably too much. You can never, I guess you can never really prepare too much for something like that. But um, I was... Uh, you know all about the special teams. It was and... just, right? <laughs> Who every single player was on the roster. Um, so that was a really cool opportunity for me. And, I mean, you don't see, obviously, a lot of women play-by-play people. I mean, it's becoming more of a norm now, but... I feel like, I mean, here I mainly do volleyball. Um, I haven't gotten to call basketball yet or football. It's just, it just hasn't really been like a point. Like I, you know, we all, we also have so many other things to do Mm -hmm. and we have a lot of very, very talented people to do play by play and things like that. But of course, if they came up to me tomorrow and was like, Hey, do you want to call this football game next week? Heck yeah. I want to call the football game. I, I've, believe in my capabilities but especially here we you know we're not just doing play by play unfortunately Mm -hmm. we are doing everything else yeah and so 
I just feel like no matter what, you have to keep an open mind about the situation that you described. You know, it's just, yeah. it just is what it is. Yeah. How would you say that you've differentiated yourself and carved your own path to where you are right now differently than someone else, you know, random reporter or, you know, someone from a different station? I think that I've just always been, you know, go back to the open mind, being open-minded about things. I've, I mean, you have to be in this business, so I'm sure everyone can attest to this. You have to be open-minded with your path and what you've done, but I think it's always important to be personable Mm -hmm. and not too personable, but be personable and be welcoming and be happy and show people who you really are. And I'm not just some reporter person, some anchor. I'm, I'm a real human as well. I'm, you know, that, being a sports broadcaster does not define me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a huge part of my life. But I think what's most important to me is that I am showing who my true self is at all points that is out in the field, that is behind the microphone, that is sitting here with you, that is being at the anchor desk. And I and that is what people have told me. They're like, you're, you're very personable. You're very outgoing always. I'm like, what you're seeing right now is what you would get if I'm just sitting on my couch watching The Bachelor in Paradise. Like, <laughs> I'm just I I I think that that is a big thing for me and and why I have paved the path I have and the opportunities I've been given is because I'm a very open and honest person. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent my true self in any situation, and I'm not saying. I mean, it's hard to be your true self at all times. Mm -hmm. And so not everyone can do it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But who I am as a sports broadcaster is exactly who I am at the gym on a Saturday morning, in the grocery store, wherever, at the bank. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just me. And I think that's why I've gotten to where I am is because people can see that and people can see how contagious Mm -hmm. I can be. And how comfortable I make people. Because, I mean, not trying to obviously toot my own horn, but I'm always just trying to be comfortable with everyone. Like, I just I just want everyone to feel like they belong and that they're comfortable and that they have a purpose in this world. Yeah. And so that's why I'm always nice to strangers. My mom's like, you got to be careful of that. <laughs> obviously, I'm cautious of that, mother. But... You just don't you just don't know what someone else is going through. Yeah. So I just try to be that that buffer, that person that you can be comfortable with. And I think that's why I am where I'm at. And yeah. and well, that's why people trust me. That's why people trust me in the biz. Yeah. And that's oh, so important to me. In the biz. <laughs> in the business of sports broadcasting. Is that what you wanted me to say? Yeah, we we appreciate <laughs> the full names here. Being official. Uh, <laughs> Now, you brought up Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, you know, I follow you on Twitter, and I know you're one to live tweet during the show. No, I'm not really <laughs> live tweeting. I can't I can't even live tweet anymore because I'm in Pacific time zones. So when the show is on, I can't get on Twitter at all because people from around in the Midwest and on the East Coast are tweeting out all these things, and I'm like, Pacific time zone, why do you keep doing this to me? <laughs> <laughs> but the Twitter sphere and its issues, okay, and its problems, hard first world problems. <laughs> I, seriously, but the season finale of it of The Bachelor in Paradise was last night. In case anyone wondered, <laughs> any shockers? Did wait? Uh, yes, I'm trying to remember. It's Chris. Oh man, what's that guy's name? Chris. Chris Harrison. Yes. Yes. And he 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 does the uh, what is it? He, he always interviews people, right? He's he's like the host. Yes. Okay. I love that guy. I love that guy for this reason. Why? That man went on live television mm-hmm. on one of those post shows of After the Bachelor. Yeah. After the Final Rose. I don't know. It one of those. And he was interviewing a couple and he used the phrase passion bucket. Oh. And that is just <laughs> amazing. 
it's even more amazing that he had went on the Dan Patrick show just before that, and oh. they had asked him, Chris, any way you could mention Passion Bucket and work it into your commentary? I did not know <laughs> and, this. And the man worked it into the conversation like a pro, but got lit up on Twitter <laughs> because a bunch of people were of like, course. what does Passion Bucket mean? That is so funny. I love that. <laughs> So if ever in the future here, I may be sending you a couple of phrases that you got to work That's... into the SWX Friday Night <laughs> Highlights. Oh, at my <laughs> at my old station, um, there was a husband and wife. The husband was my other sports guy, Mark, mm-hmm. and his wife, Kelly, worked in the news department. And sometimes she would go into his scripts and sneakily put in a word <laughs> and he would get to it and be like, <laughs> so obviously say it. And then after it'd be so funny, like Kelly would try to sneak in these words. So it's, uh, All we'll right. see. I'll, I'll see what I can do. See if, you know, Sam Adams and I can get on the same page. Sam honestly would <laughs> love that. He loves little challenges and little quirky things like that. So, um, mm-hmm. Sam would be all about it. Yeah. <laughs> how was, uh, how was Twitter turned, or I should say, how has Twitter changed the landscape of the reporting and news world? The biggest thing is immediacy. Yeah. So you can immediately tweet something out. You can get it out there so fast without even blinking, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I think that's how the biggest thing, how Twitter and just social media in general has changed the scheme of things. Um, it's a race to who gets it out first. Yep. Because that person's probably going to get the most clicks. But here's the fun fact. We don't get paid for Twitter, obviously. So nope. why does it really matter? Yeah. And I, but I, it's our job, so. And I agree because I think that one of the tough things in our society nowadays is people want to break that news, like you're saying, so quickly, mm-hmm. and they don't have all the facts yet. So they could rep- be reporting something right. that isn't 100% factual, but they were first. Mm-hmm. You know, Woj dropping that bomb on us, but, you know. Those Woj bombs, man. <laughs> He's the reason why we are the way we are. <laughs> I just imagine this world that if I could put Adam Schefter, Woj, and I don't even know who else, Ian Rappaport in one room and just see what would happen. They would just be at each other's throats trying to make sure. Dog fight. (laughs) Be a, yeah, it would be the Hunger Games. (laughs) Hunger Game version of reporters. (laughs) So with that said, what role do you think Twitter plays in the sports world nowadays? Huge role. I think it's, it's really, it's everything. I mean, I don't know much about how many people watch us a night and things like that, but we put things on Twitter, obviously constantly. Like you see me tweeting, mm-hmm. but also for us, you know, we got lucky with getting someone like Marissa because before we didn't really have someone who was just social media. Mm-hmm. So she has really upped our game and upped like us getting stuff out there because when I'm out at stuff, of course, I have to take a picture or I have to tweet out that I'm there, but I'm also, I have to have that big honking camera on my shoulder too and do highlights so it's nice to have someone like marissa who can help us and push us more towards putting stuff on twitter and things but it plays a huge role it is i mean we we have to tweet it's it's a part of it it's you get in trouble if you don't like Mm -hmm. you gotta always be tweeting yeah so it's huge so combination you mentioned you go to the gym do you go to the gym work out those delts to be able to carry that camera and then what do you do for the fingers for the keystrokes you know um it's it's a lot of of i always say when people are like oh my god the camera's so heavy that's so big it's so much bigger than you i'm like yes my workout today it's my excuse why i don't have to go to the gym (laughs) um you know sometimes (laughs) i'm getting paid to do this seriously (laughs) uh you know do some tricep curls with the camera um (laughs) I mean, you saw what I had to carry around at Gonzaga Prep. Yeah, you did it. You did it well. You handled yourself you. well. Very confident. Keep you... in mind, let's let's put this in perspective, people. I went to Gonzaga Prep football last year. It was one of my, I think it was my first football practice I ever went here. Okay. Was to Coach McKenna and G Prep. I could not carry the tripod and the camera <laughs> hardly at the same time. Like, it was just such a different... I, I don't know. I, I just I'm not saying I'm weak because I'm not people, but I was like halfway out the parking lot leaving 
and an assistant ran up and was like, do you need help? And I said, yeah, I do, actually. I'm not afraid to. If someone's going to offer me help, I'm not going to say no. But now I'm way more used to the equipment and I can lug that thing around like a boss. What you're failing to mention is that you had to tell no to about 10 players that were also offering their hands. Right, <laughs> right. They were ditching practice and we're just, no, I think hey, it was at the end of practice. Miss Brooks, but. do you need help? Would you, would you like, <laughs> yes, boys, please carry everything. Um, but no, now I'm much more comfortable with the equipment and I can lug that thing over my shoulder yeah. or whatever. It's a really good workout, though, in yeah. case anyone was wondering. Yeah. People ask me why I stay so skinny. Well, it's because we hardly have time to eat in this business. <laughs> and because I have all this equipment I have to carry. <laughs> Keeping a change of clothes in the car because, you know, it's a workout. I haven't had fast food in like 11 days. I'm trying to stay away from fast food. Whoa. Keto diet, keto diet over here. Ew. <laughs> oh. I would not be able to do that. All right. Strong it's National against... Cheeseburger Day today. I get a cheeseburger today. <laughs> I'm so excited. That's good. I know. That, that sounds really good. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Durkin's has the best burger in town, according to Spokane Eats. So that's where we're going. I'd have to challenge that, I feel like. What is yours? Well, Maybe I should change my dinner choice tonight. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> These are more fast food oriented. They're not All right. We're not doing fast food places. right now. So sorry, Nate. Well, anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Since we're not in the conversation having the best burger in Spokane, we'll just move on. Uh, <laughs> the sports world and the landscape, mm -hmm. I look at it this way. I'm already seeing changes to things or networks like the Mothership, ESPN, yes. and how they're adapting. Mm -hmm. um, I'm seeing things as far as local uh, providers, uh, as far as, you know, Fox I mean, the fights right now with DirecTV that they're having, NBC, same thing. And the NFL us has been pretty vocal. Yeah. And, and, and the NFL has been vocal about, well, we're probably going to have our own network here coming up pretty soon. We'll right. broadcast the games ourselves. So what I'm curious and just your insight and from being in the industry, how do you see that landscape changing? What, what do you think the future of that? Do you think big networks like ESPN and Fox will be around going forward? Or do you think we're moving away from that? I think they'll always be around. I really do. And it's hard because there are so many things happening and so many changes. And we talked earlier about, you know, Disney Plus and ESPN mm -hmm. Plus. And it's crazy how many how many new things are happening when it comes to television and yeah. the way you can access games and things. I honestly do think that, you know, Fox Sports and ESPN and, and all of that, I think that they won't go away. Okay. Um, I just, it's not only the following and all of that, but I don't think people can just, I don't know. It, it's such a tricky topic. Yeah. And I think it it's something too that obviously I think you think about mm -hmm. because in being in the industry and where you're going from here, it's going to be impacted. So if local news stations are scaled back right if newspapers are scaled back that impacts local sports obviously will there always be coverage to local sports i think so mm -hmm. but is it the kind of thing where it's broadcast on you know cable television or right. you know network television it's, it's how does that fit and that's where i see podcasts and more of that route of people being more independent with it right they like that because of the fact that it gives them freedom mm -hmm. it takes a microphone to exactly. be able to do it or yeah. it takes a woman and a camera lugging it around yeah. and just having that at her disposal to where it's it you're fully capable of doing it and that's where i'm just fascinated by it mm -hmm. and i know that it's probably something that will continue to impact your career right. going forward that I'm, i'll be fascinated to see yeah it's interesting it's also scary i mean you just there's no stability mm -hmm. you know i I can say, I can sit here and say, of course, I want to go to a network after this yeah. and I want to try to get to a network at some point in my life, regardless if it is next or if it's not yeah. my next move. Um, but it's, it's still scary because of all the points you make. And, you know, with local TV, we're very lucky here in Spokane and at KHQ and at SWX, we have four on-air people. That is just unlike any other local TV. TV station, you know, creme and cake. So I have two people, yeah, two on-air people, and we have four plus an SWX producer and a digital content social media producer. 
coordinator. But, you know, you look at places like Seattle. You know, Seattle is a, I think they're a top 15 market. And they are cutting and have cut in the past sports departments and people. And it's it's scary. And mm-hmm. you have to really think about, like, yeah, that that would be an incredible jump. Or Chicago would be an, in, you know, for me, Midwest girl, yeah. Chicago would be an incredible jump. But, like, how stable are their local TV stations? And Agreed. for example, I interned at, at the time it was Comcast Sportsnet in Chicago. It's now NBC Sports. I interned there going to my senior year of college. And they are now uh, the Cubs. They have broadcasted the Cubs forever. The Cubs are making their own network. So they're having going to have a Cubs network for next season. They're branching off of NBC Sports. So it'll be a Cubs network and then NBC Sports. NBC Sports doesn't have Cubs games anymore. Yep. And it's going to be owned by Sinclair. And um, so it's, uh, it's interesting. Like, of course, I still know people at NBC Sports. So I'm very curious who goes to the Cubs network, who stays at NBC. What the heck is going to happen? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it it's... It's weird. Yeah. It's a weird situation. <laughs> yeah. And I think that it's been, it's so awesome to have your insight on it, obviously, because of the fact it's not like I'm in the industry and be able to p- provide a firsthand account. Right. So I really appreciate you providing that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to take a word out of your book. In the biz, they call this a tease. Uh, don't go anywhere, though we may end this episode. <laughs> um, Taylor's going to stick around. We're going to profile the GSL the 4A teams in the GSL. We're going to do a little bit of ranking. We're going to press Taylor the best of our ability um, <laughs> and her staying as unbiased as possible. We'll see. Of course. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're, we're going to go ahead and sit down and discuss that a little bit. Um, but stay tuned. All right. Don't go anywhere. Click that next episode. Enjoy the GSL. Break.